It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Will Bryce Young be ready to start by week one? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscriber, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me if you'd like to participate in this. This week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Over the weekend, the Carolina Panthers had their rookie minicamp, meaning Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo, Chandler Zavala, DJ Johnson, and Jamie Robinson were all in uniform for the first time as Carolina Panthers taking the practice field. And there's also a couple of other UDFAs that were there as some tryouts. And we'll get all the good insight that came from the weekend with Josh Klein, editor-in-chief, at the Riot Report here on today's show. I saw a lot of good things, at least reporting on Bryce Young and the likelihood that he'll be ready to go week one at Atlanta. And there's also some talk about Jamie Robinson and what he was able to do over the weekend. Now, it's only the rookies and the majority of the guys that were out there will not be on the team. And if they do make the team, might not be big-time contributors. We do expect Bryce Young, of course, to be that as a starting quarterback here in 2023 and the franchise quarterback here in Carolina. So we'll see how it works out. But Bryce Young, obviously the plan is to bring him along, you know, slowly have to earn the job. But by week one in Atlanta, you would think he'd be the starting quarterback for your Carolina Panthers. I'm going to talk to Josh Klein, editor-in-chief at the Rive Report here on today's show in just a moment. But before we get there, the conference finals are set there in the NBA playoffs. And make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action in America's number one sportsbook, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, and as promised, the editor-in-chief at the Riot Report, Josh Klein. Follow him on Twitter, at Josh Klein Rules. Josh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Beautiful spring day. Uh, I got to spend some time out at the practice field 
watching some dudes run around in shorts. And uh, it's just a, you know, it's a magical time to be a Panthers fan, magical time to be alive and uh, excited to be here talking to you about it. Yeah. Who doesn't love guys out there in shorts for rookie mini camp OTAs in May, you're getting a little bit of taste of football. You got the new players in the new coaching staff, but we're not quite there yet. Now I'm certainly someone who is going to get pretty close to desperate here over the next couple of weeks, just wanting the season to be here, especially now that we've gotten past the draft. Now we know who's going to be on the team. I'm, I think a couple more additions, especially edge rusher, that would be nice to add before we officially get down to training camp and start off the season. Got scheduled last week, but I'm excited, ready to get into it, and want to talk to you because you had boots on the ground there at rookie minicamp. I do understand that the vast majority of the participants will not be on the roster, and those that make it likely outside of Bryce Young probably won't have that big of an impact. So let me ask you about Bryce Young and a few of your takeaways from this past weekend. How did he look? Because the entire franchise's hopes and dreams all hinge behind the short man, Bryce Young, being the franchise quarterback and being able to take his heights that we've never seen here in Carolina. Yeah, well, um, I'll just start here. And uh, I don't know if you guys are ready for that. I don't, I don't know whether we're breaking news here. Maybe this will be tick, <laughs> turn the TikTok camera on. Uh, this might be something that gets out there, um, goes viral. But um, he's small. He's small. He's uh, when he came out of that bubble and lined up behind the uh, the the backup offensive lineman. Not even the guys that are going to be on the roster uh, for the for the most part. He 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 looked small, and you've seen all the videos. I'm sure you've seen all the the memes and the jokes, and it is a little bit jarring. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get out there and see him. It's because I wanted to see what he looked like in um, in the flesh and in pads, and and whether all it was kind of kind of a lot of much ado about nothing, but it is much ado about something because he is a very yeah. small man. And uh, the reality is, is that if he can do what he did at Alabama, which is stay healthy, which he, if he can avoid hits, if he can even bulk up just a little bit, I think it's going to make a huge difference for him. Um, but these are all things that, that I'm not, I'm not saying anything new uh, or exciting. So here's what, here are a couple of things that I can say that are new, that, that might be uh, interesting for people that, yes. that, I was able to see him um, when they were running seven on seven drills. Uh, one of the things that I really was impressed by was when the play broke down. Now I get it. Seven on seven drills. There's not really any danger. He's not going to get sacked. He's not going to hit. The plays don't really break down. They're kind of designed to break down because it's not like pressure comes or whatever. Yeah. But there were a couple of plays that he made outside of uh, outside of X's and O's outside of sequence where he had to roll to his right. He had to roll to his left. Looked very comfortable doing those kind of things. And when he did throw on the run, literally his best throw of the day uh, was towards the end of practice. When the play did break down, he had to rush out to his right. He had a guy in his face, not really ever any in danger of getting hit, obviously. But the reality is, is those kind of things are going to happen. And when you're at a helmets and shorts practice, you kind of have to extrapolate a lot, right? And you can extrapolate negatively, you can extrapolate positively. When you look at those plays, when you hear the way that Frank Reich and Josh McCown and the other guys talk about how he is, even in the huddle and leading these guys, so much of being a quarterback is not necessarily making the plays. It is make, making the plays when everything goes right. It's making the plays when things go wrong and how you can lead the guys around you. And it seems like from those fronts uh, that Bryce Young is as advertised. 
And it's exactly like you mentioned, we saw from him the last two seasons at Alabama. You talk about Josh McCown and Frank Reich and how they talked about Bryce Young so far. Do you get the impression that they are gearing up for him to be the week one starter? I know we still have a long period of time to go and that he'll start off when OTAs, the actual full team will be there. He'll start off with the number twos. But do you get the impression just from listening to Frank Reich and their comments about Bryce Young that the plan will be to get him ready for week one against Atlanta as the starter? I do. Um, I think that when you look at, when you look at where this team is at and, you know, I think a lot of people have very high hopes for what could happen this season, including a lot of people that are in the building and in that front office and on that coaching staff, I mean, they they still drafted a rookie quarterback number one overall. When you draft a rookie guy number one overall, especially in today's NFL, that guy's going to be starting. And and whether it's yeah. week one or week three, it kind of seems like that doesn't matter. So to me, unless there's something crazy that happens, I would be absolutely shocked if he wasn't starting week one. Because realistically, what are you saving him for? You know, are you are do you want the do the two weeks uh, do the two weeks that he would be working behind Andy. Does that make that big of a difference for him to maybe get used to the machinations of the NFL week? Maybe, but for me, I think you throw him into the fire, especially against a defense like Atlanta, which is not great, you know? And then as you go later into the, as you go further into the schedule, the defenses actually get a little bit harder and tougher. So for me, I think the move is put him out there week one. And I think that is what they're going to plan to do. Yeah, and I'm telling myself I'm going to be patient. Whenever they feel the time is right, the time is right. And we'll see how it all works out in the end with that. And two, I wanted to see the schedule because I recall Frank Reich talking about when we were leading up to the draft, just saying when he first came here to Charlotte back in that 95 season, he started off the first three weeks. Then they had an early bye. Then it was Kerry Collins. I wanted to see what the schedule was going to look like. That bye week does not come until week seven. So you're not going to wait until week eight to start Bryce Young. Now, if they feel that's the way to go about it, then okay, but I don't see that being the case because of the realities like you brought up. You draft the guy number one overall, you're going to start him. And with four of the first six games on the road, it, it makes sense to kind of just go ahead and get him out there, get his feet wet against Atlanta. You're going to play him plenty in the preseason. And then it would be awesome for his home debut to be there on Monday Night Football against New Orleans. No one is going to see that, going to that game, hoping to see Andy Dalton play against Derek Carr and the Saints. They want to see Bryce Young under the lights. That's why ESPN put that game on Monday Night Football, I imagine, because they want to see Bryce Young, home debut, Bank of America Stadium, under the lights, Monday Night Football. So that's the Bryce Young factor of it all. We expect him to be the starter week one. He looks like the same guy we saw at Alabama. He's small, but again, not news. It will be a thing until... It's not a thing. Let's talk about the rest of the rookie class. Jonathan Mingo saw a video on Twitter of Steve Smith kind of coaching him up. He's someone who I really wonder what his role is going to be in this wide receiver core coming up this season. What did you see from him uh, this past weekend? And how do you think he fits into this receiver room? Uh, so a couple of things about Jonathan Mingo. The first one is uh, that when you see him, uh, one of the things that really struck me was when he came out for his post-practice media availability. You see him. He looks like a guy that has the type of frame where he could still put on a a fair amount of weight. So immediately, one of the things that I really jumped to was like, I'm really excited to see what this guy looks like after six months, a year of NFL strength and conditioning guys, telling him what to eat, telling him what to lift, telling him how to get as big as he possibly can while still maintaining all that speed. Because realistically, I got vibes of like guys like DK Metcalf, like like athletic freaks that you haven't necessarily seen in that 
no, I hesitate to say number one because I get it. He's a second round pick, but like in that number one wide receiver role, DJ Moore, more of a slight guy that is going to, you know, play like a little bit of a running back, but also he doesn't have that like heft and bulk and build. Even guys like Devin Funches was tall, but he never had that like that, that just kind of that muscle where you look at him and you're like, oh my God, that dude is going to dominate us. So uh, that was the first thing that I noticed. The other thing is when you see him out on the field, very smooth, very controlled in terms of his route running, because realistically during these practice types, that's all you're really seeing. You're not seeing them really, really go against DBs. You're seeing them run drills, hitches, uh, you know, over routes, things like that. Uh, seven routes and the way that he was working his feet was really impressive and and I'm excited to see the way that he can take coaching you heard him talking about uh, what what Steve Smith was telling him that you know his technique really breaks down as he gets more tired and as the game goes on and that's something that you can work on right you can you can mentally look to make sure that that's not something that affects you going forward so I'll be excited to see how he is able to do that. But, you know, I, I have really high hopes for Jonathan Mingo. I I think um, second round wide receivers tend to be guys that the the fans fall in love with because they're drafted just high enough to, uh, to make it seem like you are um, to make it seem like they're going to be stars, but mm-hmm. not quite high enough where they could be, they could still be considered steals. So I, I think it's, they kind of hit both of those, uh, both of those qualifiers, but I, I am excited to see what we see from Jonathan Mingo. Do you think he can get on the field early or do you just look at the rebuild wide receiver room and think maybe he's just gonna be a little bit too far down the depth chart, especially when you look at bringing in Thiel and bringing in Shark, like those guys are going to come in and start in what we saw from Terrace Marshall in the second half of last season. Yeah. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. If I'm Terrace Marshall, I'd be a little worried. Uh, not even a little yeah. worried. I'd be, ve- I'd be very worried. Um, okay. this is not a coaching, this is not a coaching staff that brought him in. Um, I know that, you know, obviously Scott Fitterer was here when he was drafted, but you know, that was a guy that Matt rule really liked. And other than, uh, the, the, what eight games where he was the number, the Ersatz number one wide receiver on a team that ran the ball a lot and ran the ball well. So, you know, you, he wasn't really getting a lot of attention. Um, I, I, he didn't, he didn't really do anything. It wasn't even a question of like, Oh, you know, he's coming into his own. Like he was, I mean, he was a non-factor for the first 22 games of his career. Is that, I mean, uh, some, so no, I I mean, that's fair. So I, I think he has a lot to prove in, um, uh, I mean, just in this training camp. I mean, that wide receivers room is full, as you said, and this coaching staff is going to look at him and say, you got to go out there and prove it and earn your reps. And, they went out there and got Mingo to grow with Bryce Young. And um, and, and so I'm not necessarily so sure that Terrace Marshall's spot in terms of uh, roster position or snap count is guaranteed. No, that's a good point. It's a thought I had when they drafted him wondering, okay, well, they took Terrace in the second round a couple of years ago. Injuries have hampered him. He also he was a healthy scratch a couple of times, especially early on last season. And as you mentioned, didn't really come along until – the end of last year when, yes, that was a team that was focused on running the football. And even when he had some big plays, there were some other opportunities down the field that he missed on in some of those games. So he at least showed the potential. And I was just wondering, hey, you know, he played well last year towards the end of the season. Mingo, not really a guy who produced all that much in college. Is he going to all of a sudden come in the NFL and start producing day one? I would doubt it. But we'll see. Because that long term, though, Mingo's going to be under contract for four years. Terrace Marshall's got two more seasons. And if Mingo is some guy who can come out there and beat him out, maybe that's a player the Carolina Panthers want to try and trade, get some assets for uh, as the year moves on. So we'll see how it works out. I don't know if there can be much taken from 
the line positions like Chandler Zavala, the fourth rounder out of NC State, or DJ Johnson, that edge rusher, when you go to rookie minicamp. I, I mean, do you have anything to say about those guys from you saw this weekend? I didn't think so. Um, okay. No, there's really Jamie nothing Rob- to say for those guys. I mean, they're in yeah. shorts. They're not even making any exactly. contact with guys. So it's you're just watching them kind of get coached and and see what they see what they can see. You know, do they? One of the things that um, Ron Rivera said a couple times that I thought was really interesting about these rookie mini camps, especially for tryout guys, but but even for late round picks, was you kind of want to see that they they look the part a little bit, you know that mm-hmm. that you know they can they can get out there in uniform and be next to other NFL players, and you're like, oh, that guy can't play guard, like he just can't, like he's just not. <laughs> that guy can't be a quarterback. He's just not big enough. Uh, but it's like you can um, you, that that is something to look for. But uh, you know, at, in terms of Johnson and Zavala, they <laughs> they look the part. So that's pretty much all there was to it. Well, that's good to know, especially for DJ Johnson. It seems like he's going to be more of a project. Him looking the part is important and him being coachable. And that's a good thing to hear about Jonathan Mingo as well. Uh, Jamie Robinson, the, the last of the picks, it was a fifth rounder out of Florida State. I did read some things that he was uh, flashing as much as one can flash during rookie minicamp. And I look at Miles Hartsfield, his departure following Steve Wilkes to San Francisco. The Panthers are in need of someone who can play in the nickel, who can also be that safety, kind of fulfill that Miles Hartsfield role. And he's a guy who I loved the last two years at Florida State. What did you see from Jamie Robinson over the weekend? Yeah, I think that's a guy that that can get on the field, honestly, a lot faster than DJ Johnson. I think his, his skill set and the way that he played in college uh, makes him kind of NFL ready. And I, I like the way that he, he was very, very physical at Florida State. And I'll be interested to see what that look, what that, equates to once you can actually hit people you know in, in minicamp you can't really do that but he had the yeah. speed um he had that kind of like you can even tell it from a half half a field away that he has a little bit of that db swagger that you like to see out of guys um and uh and so yeah I'll, I'll be interested to see how he looks going forward he looked good but it's seven on seven so there's only so much there's only so good uh, a db can look again especially how, how against big? guys that are not going to make the team you know most of these yeah. wide receivers aside from jonathan mingo you're you're going up against guys that are that might be you know working at Harris Teeter next week. All, all respect to everybody that was there. Well, I, I love Harris Teeter, and I wish all those guys the best of luck. Does he does he also look the part? Like how big is Robinson? Uh, he is. He's not huge, but but he uh, he has a a little bit of um, he has like those big trunks in terms of calves, which is what I yeah. like to see, especially in defensive players. Um, because they can, you know, obviously they can enables them to be a little bit quicker off the ball and have that power. Um, but he, he certainly looked when he was next to Mingo and next to some of those other guys, it wasn't, uh, he didn't look like, um, like some of the, some of the guys that you kind of, again, just like I said, like looking the part, you see them out there and you're like, Oh, that guy can't make it. He's just not gonna make it. Yeah. I mean, you like, you watch a guy in college on Saturdays, it's like, some guys are huge. Some guys aren't like, you're not really looking at it where it's like, okay, do they have the NFL body? And I have to imagine a guy who was as productive as he was at Florida state the last two years being first team all ACC had been more undersized. So I was just kind of curious kind of how did he like stack up looking at some of the other guys that the Panthers took and some guys that were there this past weekend. Now, of course, most of the guys will not be on the roster, but there are some names that I think we'll have some intrigue, like Bumper Pool, who came in for a top 30 visit from Arkansas. There's Cameron Peoples, who plenty of Panther fans that have understanding of after his career at App State. Any of those UDFA guys that they signed that, that looked kind of interesting that might be a sleeper to make the roster once we get down to training camp? Well, I thought it was interesting that Peoples was the only running back that they had there. Um, 
uh, I have the I have the roster. I specifically put it out here somewhere, and then I immediately lost it. But um, he was the only running back that was invited. So you know, I, I they they got a long hard look at Cameron Peoples. So they they either saw what they wanted or they didn't. Um, and, and the guy that I really like that that drew my eyes, and it's 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 easy to say because I'm kind of a sucker for for a story. But Jordan Thomas um, played in the XFL, has played a couple years in the NFL already uh, for the Texans. Um, switched jerseys multiple times throughout practice. He wore both 85 and 99 so that he could try out at tight end and at linebacker um, because the the guy has skills on both sides of the ball. And that to me, for a team that's trying to fill out the, the last, the last guys on their training camp roster, you know, to numbers 80 through 90 of the 90 man, somebody like that, that has a little bit of NFL experience that certainly looks the part in terms of uh, body type. And I know I keep using that, but it does make a difference. I think, especially in these rookie mini camps where you only get to see them for realistically, we don't see what they look like in meetings. We don't see how they're able to absorb tape and, and watch and take coachability. All we can see is how they look physically. And then obviously if we do get to talk to them um, in terms of media, but he's a big dude. Uh, looks like he could, uh, he could actually, make an impact or at least, you know, make an impact in terms of special teams or on the practice squad. So when you can play both sides of the ball like that, I think that gives him a pretty good shot of being somebody that they bring in uh, at the very least for a camp tryout or a camp signing. Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, they did kind of hint at, they might not sign uh, all 90 players. They, they, they don't see enough guys that they're all that interested in. So if he took advantage of rookie mini camp, which a part of that is bringing some trial players. I know I was reading Joe person earlier on Monday and he was bringing up Austin Prohl, who of course his dad's mm-hmm. Ricky Prohl. Austin played high school football at Providence here, played at North Carolina. He's been in a couple of camps in the NFL. He's been on some practice squads and he was kind of, talking up Bryce Young I don't think he has a role in this team just looking at me he's 5'9 and this wide receiver room as we already discussed is pretty loaded but uh cool for him to at least get an opportunity to come in here and to try out and you know maybe maybe gets assigned to uh training camp we will see but uh nice to get a little taste as you got OTAs going on mandatory mini camps gonna be next month and then finally we get down to training camp and I'm sure the Roaring Riot has a ton going on, as this is an exciting time for a lot of fans. I saw the Bryce Up Sun shirts. I mean, y'all are always killing it with the T-shirts. So what's going on with the Roaring Riot, and how can people get involved if they're not already? Yeah, we're super excited. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Roaring Riot, uh, it's the, the fan union for the Carolina Panthers. So if you're listening to Lockdown Panthers, you're obviously a huge Panthers fan, or you're a big Julian Council fan, but either way, um, I, I think uh, the Roaring Riot – yeah, Roaring Ride is a good spot for you. Um, we are uh, we have over seven thousand members, forty chapters worldwide. So even if you're not in Charlotte or in the Carolinas, there's probably a, a Roaring Riot chapter near you where you don't have to watch the Panthers game alone. I know it's been a dark time for the past three years to be a Panthers fan, and uh, and now I mean realistically, this is the this is the most exciting it's been since 2018, probably in in five years. And, uh, you know, number number one quarterback, new coaching staff that certainly seems like they have a good head on their shoulders and they know what they're doing and uh, a ton of good stuff coming up on the horizon. You know, besides being a, a Roaring Riot member where you get free access to our tailgate, which is a block from the Panthers game with free food and cheap drinks that all go to charity. Uh, there's also our face value ticket exchange. There's a cool T-shirt. Uh, there's patches, there's stickers, there's all kinds of cool stuff. And not only that, um, we have. Uh, I'll take you a little bit behind the curtain in terms of we travel to all the away games, all the Panthers away games. Uh, before last year, we had never had a trip under 50 
Um, and last year we only had one trip over 50 this year in terms of deposits, uh, almost every trip is back over that 50 number. And for Nashville, Jacksonville, Atlanta, uh, it's in the hundreds. So if you're thinking about, you know, Hey, I would love to go and see Bryce young, open his career as a Carolina Panther, get a bus down from Charlotte tailgate, hang out with the crew and, uh, and be a part of something, be a part of the uproar, be a part of the fan community. And, uh, and that's really all I have to say. Don't watch Panthers games by yourself. So much more fun when you're with other people. It's just, that's just all there is to it. That is true. Um, do, is it going to be in Spartanburg again for training camp? Have we even gotten official word about that? We haven't gotten official word, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I I have, I, I kind of poked around and I did the thing where you, ask like, Hey, when we're in Spartanburg, like, is anything going to be in there? And it wasn't like a, well, if we, who said we're going to okay. be in Spartanburg. So, you know, when they, when, usually you get a little bit of a, a pushback if that's not going to be the case. Yes. I just figured, you know, through a roaring right that you might, you know, get a little bit of insight and let me know what's going on. But I, I assume because considering uh, yeah. what happened with that whole practice facility that they would keep going down to Spartanburg. Um, also one last thing for you, 2024 going to be in Germany. The site oh, yeah. visit, whenever whenever it occurs, I just want the invite. I just want to be able to go over. Absolutely. I don't care. Frankfurt, Munich, just let me know. Site The site that tour you guys do before, just let me know. I'll be over there with you. Help you, you know, pick up some good spots so people can enjoy it once we all get over there in 2024. Absolutely. Pretzels, beers, can't go wrong. Love it. Love it. Josh Klein, editor-in-chief at the Riot Report phone Twitter, at Josh Klein Rules, because Josh Klein does in fact rule. He was there this past weekend checking out Bryce Young and the rest of the rookies there at Rookie Minicamp. Bryce, not Bryce, Josh, <laughs> thank you Oh, I'm so taller. Much. <laughs> I am taller. I am taller. <laughs> Josh, thanks so much for your time as always, man. Of course. All right, I'll take a quick pause, come right back here and wrap up the show on Lockdown Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Great conversation there with Josh Klein, editor-in-chief of the Riot Report, uh, who actually, when we uh, hung up, he kind of just like cut out on me and he's like texting me out being like, sorry, didn't mean to do that. But um, always great to have Josh Klein on the show. Big Panthers guy, born and raised here in Charlotte as well, like your boy Julian. So um, interesting stuff from him. Not too much going on, but uh, good to hear that Bryce Young looks the part. Also good to see uh, that Jonathan Mingo could be pushing Terrace Marshall. And hey, I would love to see that. And that's that's going to be the case. Iron sharpens iron. You need competition no matter what in this room. I just you know, was thinking, hey, Terrace Marshall had a good year. Yes, this is not the same coaching staff. It is the same general manager. He showed enough to me to think that he can start off as wide receiver three but that's talking about like right now in May, jobs will be earned down in training camp, which appears to be back at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then after that, we'll find out what happens through the preseason and going into week one on the road against the Atlanta Falcons, where we do expect Bryce Young to be the starter. So great stuff there. Follow him on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules and subscribe to the newsletter. Join the Roaring Riot. Great community there. 
of fans are all fired up for the Carolina Panthers in the 2023 season. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'm back to talk to you on Wednesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.